This is episode number 275 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm your host, Doug Stannard, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. So last week, I covered a few tips for better virtual training sessions where the entire group is participating through Zoom or Teams or one of those other online platforms. This week, though, I'm covering tips to help you lead better hybrid training sessions. So these are sessions where some of your team is sitting in a room with you in person while others are logging in through one of the the virtual platforms. This type of workshop, it, the delivery is a, is quite a bit more challenging, but over the last couple of years, we've come up with a few really simple tips that can make sure that everybody that's attending the meeting has a better experience. And, and then, by the way, just so you know, in the last 10 minutes of this episode, I'm going to tell you about a piece of technology that just absolutely revolutionizes these types of meetings. So stick around to the end. The the product that I'm going to let you know about is it's a real game changer for hybrid meetings. By the way, the episode is sponsored by Fearless Presentation. So if you're looking for a faster way to reduce public speaking fear or become a more persuasive speaker, We've got two-day public speaking classes coming up in cities like Minneapolis, Miami, Columbus, Houston, Kansas City, San Diego, Nashville, San Francisco, Charlotte, New York, Sacramento, Chicago, Phoenix, and Las Vegas. So for details about any of those classes, just go to www.fearlesspresentations.com. By the way, our YouTube channel has hundreds of short videos and with tips and tricks on how to become a better speaker and presenter. So to access those videos, just go to YouTube. You can just do a search for Fearless Presentations, or you can go to the Fearless Presentations channel at Fearless Presentations Online on YouTube. All right, so let's get on with today's session. So the topic today is about hybrid presentation tips. So these are presentations where some of the people are in person, some of the people are virtual. So these hybrid training sessions are kind of one of the unintended consequences of a lot of the stuff that happened to us during the pandemic, where everybody kind of went virtual, and especially in the northeastern cities where uh, a lot of a lot of big companies still aren't requiring their team members to to come into the office since it's optional if they're if there's going to be a big meeting sometimes people will kind of work from home on that day and so some people will be in person some people will be will be uh virtual um and by the way the reason I wanted to kind of cover this is because especially over the last month or so been traveling around a lot and I've had to deal with this quite a bit and just want to let you know some of the things that I've kind of figured out that that kind of help um I'll give an example so the the first time this happened to me I I was doing a an in person meeting for a really big client and the client called me the day before asking for a favor she said one of the participants had gotten ill and she was wondering if if I would mind allowing that single individual to participate in the training session virtually. Now, although I'm I'm all about making the customer happy, my initial response was, well, if 
if the person is ill, why are we trying to make him attend the meeting, right? So, and after thinking it over, she kind of uh, recommended just sending him the handouts from, from the meeting. And so we didn't really have to deal with that, but that happened over and over and over again. And especially um, over the last month or so, I've done so many of these sessions to where without any type of warning whatsoever, I kind of show up to teach a, an in-person workshop. And then all of a sudden the person who's hired me kind of logs on to, to teams and that kind of thing. And it, it can be a little off-putting if you're not prepared for it. It's one of those things that speaking to a virtual audience is totally different from speaking to an in-person audience. The things that we do, the activities that that I do especially are um they're they're a little bit more challenging to try to do with those two different types. So I'm going to give you some of my best practices on on kind of what to do when you're in one of those situations so that everybody kind of feels more welcome and it's a very participative type of workshop and makes it more fun and interesting. So before I get to the the meeting tips, though, let me give you a few ground rules for delivering presentations in kind of our new reality of our hybrid world now. So the first thing that you want to consider is what is the best way for the majority of the audience to meet? So often an event manager will want to schedule in-person events just because she's tired of virtual presentations or and events, that kind of thing. However, before you decide on the type of meeting that you want to schedule, think about what is best for the specific audience type that you're presenting to. So when you mix a remote audience with an in-person audience, there's always a chance that both groups kind of suffer. So you would be careful. For, for instance, let's say that the work is a competitive corporate culture type environment. So your online audience may feel that the team members who have face-to-face experience with the big boss has an advantage, or the in-person participants may resent that the virtual team members were able to just turn off their microphones and cameras, you know, and weren't really participating. So just realize when you schedule your first hybrid event, you want to, you're going to experience some types of challenges that you didn't anticipate. So um, so the the tips that we'll give you below will kind of help in those kind of situations. Um, the other tip that I like to give people is encourage all participants to use the same type of meeting type, if at all possible, right? If the if there if if there is no other option, yes, we can do a hybrid, but. Uh, if it's if you are um, scheduling, if you're if you're creating a hi- a hybrid presentation, just because one person has to come virtually, or or um, or because we're giving people the option of of coming in, maybe you go to those two or three people that opted for virtual and just say, hey, can you really come into the meeting? If not, you're going to miss out, right? Or something like that, uh, or. It could be that if you've got people scheduled all over the, the the country and you've got a team of people that are that are in your corporate office, then it might be a good idea to have everybody in your corporate office go on to their individual laptops and and log in virtually. That way, kind of everybody's on the same field, same page, and and that kind of thing. So basically, um, if at all possible, you want to try to schedule your meetings to where everybody is meeting the same way. So the reason why this is really important is because virtual audiences have different needs than in-person groups. So when you combine these two groups in the same meeting, you basically increase the difficulty of delivering that meeting effectively. You increase it dramatically, by the way. doesn't mean that you can't do it. In fact, you know, the tips that we'll give you will, will, will help if you have to do one of these things, but it should be kind of a 
last last resort type of thing. So I give you a good example of this. A client recently asked us to create custom training, a custom training workshop about communication skills for different uh, generations. And half of the group worked remotely and the other half came into the office at least a few days a week. So originally the client asked me to design the workshop for virtual participants. However, because of the topic, they later decided to invite the whole group into the office for the for the for the session. So some of the people in the room started working for the company during the pandemic. So they they had never met many of the other participants uh, uh, that they were in the room with. And we used the meeting both for training and as kind of a team building activity to allow the group to kind of get to know each other a little better. So they got a much better result because they had everybody come into the office at least one day and 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 learn the training all together as a group. Most often, though, the easiest solution for different audiences is to, is to just make the entire meeting virtual. So many meeting organizers kind of resist this idea because of Zoom fatigue and that kind of thing. They say, oh, my team is tired of, of remote meetings. And and that's true, by the way. I mean, remote meetings typically are not going to give you the, the best energy level, you know, not a high, as high energy level as what you'll get in person. But if you force a, a hybrid approach too early, it can actually be a mistake. So virtual event platforms like Zoom can help keep your online attendees engaged if, if you use them properly. But basically, you want, to, you want to kind of be patient. Eventually, your entire team will be back in the office and you can save the in-person meetings and, until then. Um, so let me give you the few tips that I've kind of come up with that that work really, really well. Um, the first one is going to be the the least expensive, easiest to to implement, and and a really cheap and easy professional way to lead a hybrid meeting on a budget is to just use a smartphone to lead the hybrid meeting. Um, and a lot of times, folks will kind of say, "Wait a minute, we've just paid all of this exp- you know money for these virtual platforms and all that kind of stuff." And that's great if the entire meeting is is virtual, but sometimes those things don't work as well as what we might want them to. Um, but th- this way, though, it, it's it's a, it creates a really successful hybrid meeting, and it's really inexpensive because most people have a smartphone of some type. You don't need expensive video conferencing tool. Um, it, it's really easy, and you probably have all the technology that you need. So basically, just put your smartphone on a stand and place it on the table in front of a where a participant would would be sitting a participant's chair and the phone basically becomes a stand in for actual people <laughs> and so all you just do is just make sure to switch the audio to to speaker mode and basically your virtual participants will find it they may find it hard to hear. If that's the case, you just kind of move the phone a little closer to the presenter. Alternative, alternatively, though, um, I've, I've found in some cases you can actually use AirPods uh, to um, to make it to where you're communicating really effectively with the people that are virtual, virtual as well as the ones that are in person. Just if you do that technique, though, it can be a little weird because you're the only person, the speaker is the only person who can actually hear the folks who are communicating virtually. So you have to kind of keep repeating what they say. But other than that, it, it, I mean, this is a really simple, easy way to make it to where um, you, you've got your the the energy and the enthusiasm that you get with the in person meeting and the people who are virtual can just log in through Zoom and we just basically make the the phone a a person in Zoom that's that is uh presenting and it's really quick and easy. 
I think one of the cool things about this technique, though, if you use it, is that as you present, you're most likely going to be moving your eyes from person to person in the in the live audience. And the phone that's set in where a person would be sitting seated just becomes another stop as you kind of make eye contact. So it makes it it makes it really, really easy to kind of do it that way. All right. So the second technique, and this is for folks that aren't that that basically you don't have a a um a huge AV platform in your conference room, but you have people that you want to to tune in uh, virtually to your in-person meeting that's in your conference room. You can always hire a professional audio video crew to create the the perfect hybrid presentation. For instance, many big companies that hire us to come deliver hybrid presentations, they've got fantastic digital components. You know, for instance, they may have big screens and incredible audio quality. And, and if you have access to equipment like that, then by all means, you, you want to use it. If not, though, you may need to consider a cost-benefit analysis of investing in better equipment. Um, as much as we'd like to, to just someday return back to the quote-unquote normal, the evidence kind of shows that it's not very likely to happen. Virtual meetings and hybrid meetings are, are here to stay. And so you got to get really good at these things. Otherwise, they're going to keep hurting you in the marketplace. So luckily, just before COVID hit, um, uh, my company created a, a studio for recording podcasts and videos. And having a professional video person on staff was an absolute godsend, especially in the early days of the pandemic, because when I mean, we were able to adapt more quickly and easily to that the virtual world. And if you haven't yet invested in professional help, then you, you'll never find a better time than, than what you have right now. A good audio visual, visual person can make make you sound really good. Good video person can make you look fantastic online. They can also help you create the perfect virtual environment. So this will be helpful for, for most kind of regular Zoom meetings and, and hybrid presentation. Um, but now with all that being said, uh, I in the last really couple of months or so, I've come across this piece of technology that may allow you to scrap the idea of hiring a professional because the technology appears to now finally be in place that for a small, well, I mean, it's this piece of technology is now running at right at a thousand dollars or so, which, you know, for this type of benefit is really low compared to what we would have had to pay in the past. And it will make your hybrid meetings absolutely fantastic. It is totally worth the investment. I, I got one of these myself after seeing it at a, at a client's office. It's it just one of the things that just has totally revolutionized what we're doing here. Um, and in fact, this is probably the best hybrid meeting tip that I can ever offer you. I, I mean, I, I don't want to undersell this because it is really, really cool. I'll tell you the story first, though, because I know a lot of you are going, just tell me, Doug, what is this thing, right? It's if it's that good, right? But a few weeks ago, I was leading an in-person meeting, and it was in Washington, D.C. For, for a big um, government agency. And at the start of the meeting, the organizer kind of logged us into Microsoft Teams because a few of their employees you know, couldn't make it to the meeting. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is usually a bad idea, especially last minute without any prep. I mean, I, there was no warning that this was going to take place, you know, but hey, I like to think of myself as a professional. So I'm hope, hopefully I was handling it pretty well. And then the organizer kind of pulled out this, it was about a foot tall speaker looking thing. It looked like a big, um, just it, it just looked like a big speaker, like a big uh, um, Echo or, or Alexa type thing, right? 
which is what I assumed it was. And, and she placed it right in the middle of the, of the conference room table that I was presenting from. And, and like I said, I just assumed it was just a microphone, maybe speaker, that kind of thing. And just as an FYI, my in-person meetings are very, very interactive. So I typically teach for about eh, 10 minutes or 15 minutes at a time, and then have the group kind of stand up and, and interact with each other. Um, it, that's really an effective way to get people to remember the content as you want to want them to put it into practice some way as fast as you can. So the early, so early in the meeting, I divided the the in-person group into small groups. And then I had the virtual, the people that were logging in virtually, handful of them or so, they they focused on uh, the, or they met in their group on, on the, the Teams meeting. So as the groups were interacting, though, I glanced around at the Teams and noticed that each of the groups you know, basically I had a group of, you know, six people in one part of the room and, you know, six feet away from them, there was another six people. And then four or five feet on the other direction was another six people. And as I looked at the team's meeting, I looked at the the screen that we were logged in on. And I kind of noticed that each one of the groups that were now standing had a camera focused on that group, which I thought was, and I'm looking around the room trying to figure out where the, the cameras are, right? Because I can see them. It looks, the, the room was actually set up years ago for virtual meetings. And there was a camera on one end and there was a camera behind me as well. But I was like, well, if that's the camera, how is it focused on me right now? And I started walking around the room, interacting with the team members and or interacting with the teams. And as I did, the camera followed me. And I'm looking, now I'm getting creeped out because it's a government entity, right? This is a government agency. I'm like, man, is this, is the C CIA actually involved in this thing or something? It, it was really interesting. It was really, it was amazing. Basically, I couldn't figure out how this thing was was following me around and how the the camera kept me in focus the whole time. And at the end of the day, I, I sheepishly asked the organizer where the cameras were, and she basically looked at the the big speaker thing that was in the middle. She said, "Oh, that's the that's the, they're in the owl." And I was like, what's an owl, right? And I looked at it. When I looked at the speaker thing, it actually looks like a like an owl. It's kind of owl-shaped and it's got little eyes and and everything. And and um it well, it turned out that that speaker-looking thing was one of the most fascinating pieces of technology that I've seen for virtual meetings, really, since Zoom created the breakout rooms. Uh the, so I, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. Um I, I don't I don't represent this company or anything. It's just one of those things that once I found it, I'm like, man, everybody's got to have one of these things. But the one that I have is called the Owl Pro 3. Uh I think the um the the term that's underneath it is it they're they're calling it a, a next generation 360 degree 1080p camera with autofocus and smart zoom, right? So by the way, I, I bought it from the airport when I was, when I, I'm, I'm on Amazon and I'm buying that thing as a, as I'm leaving going, I, I really need to have one of these things. So, um, so for details, if you want to kind of see one of those things in action, you can, you can go look at it online and, and, um, and purchase one. Uh, what I, I think when I bought mine, which was, it was all like three or four weeks ago. It wasn't that long ago. I think I paid like 1300 bucks and when I was doing the research, or when I when I put the link on just a, a few days ago on on this on the post, um, I think it's down to like nine ninety nine. So basically, it's even cheaper now than it was a, a few weeks ago. So a really good investment. All right. So with that being said, so that's the technology part. That's the and that's really you know a few the three different things that you can do to make the technology for your virtual and in person slash hybrid meetings. 
uh, go much better. Um, but these are some tips that you can use that once the meeting is going on to make it more interesting for them. So you want to divide the in-person team into groups and then use breakout rooms on Zoom. That's basically the technique that I was talking about that I did at that in-person meeting. So basically you divide the in-person meeting into if you if you want to have the 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 groups interact with each other, uh, a great way to improve the meeting is is just to make it more interactive. Break the the Zoom breakout rooms that I mentioned before can help a lot. Um, one of my favorite techniques, though, is what I call the think, write, share method. So as you present, ask a question of your audience and ask them to think about the answer to the question that you've just asked and have them write down uh, the, a couple of the answers that came to mind and then divide them into small groups and kind of share what they wrote down. It's really quick and easy. And for your in-person meetings, um, you can easily divide when you're dividing them up into teams. You can basically just divide them up by table or, you know, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, that kind of thing. You can kind of you can just divide the team up pretty easily in person. The the big thing, though, is the um, dividing up the virtual meeting. Now, if you only got four or five people in your virtual meeting, they can just be one single team. If, however, you've got, you know, 20 or 30 or 100 people and you want to break them up, you're going to probably need Zoom and, and use the virtual breakout rooms. I, I'm, I'm assuming that if Teams doesn't do that yet, they're going to figure out how to do it much, you know, fairly quickly. But the breakout rooms are, are a big advantage that you have because people are more likely to speak up to two or three people than they will to a hundred people. So you probably, uh, you, you'll probably need an assistant who's attending virtually who can kind of break up and be your co-host and, and can kind of create the, the people, the breakout rooms for the, for the people that are virtual, but it's a fairly simple kind of thing to do. And then after a few minutes, close the breakout rooms, ask someone from each group to kind of report on the discussion for their team. You know, Hey, what, what did you, what did your team come up with? This is an easy way to create a similar experience for both the people in, in the room and the virtual attendees as well. And really, the main theme of the tips that I'm giving you here is you want to create a different but similar experience for the people that are in person and the virtual audience. So a, tr a true hybrid presentation is going to be very similar, right? So, But they're probably going to be a little different. So, for instance, um, a, a successful hybrid event doesn't necessarily mean that this, that each person in the meeting is going to have the same exact experience. The, the, those two groups may have slightly different experiences, but they should be pretty close. They should be pretty similar. So things that you can do in the meeting room sometimes don't transfer well online and vice versa. However, with a little creativity, you can improve the meetings for, for both groups. Like, for instance, a few months ago, I taught a virtual team building activity for a company called ServiceNow. And the participants attended from all over the world. And the, the goal was to create a shared experience, but also benefit kind of a charity. Um, they wanted to do a team activity that benefited charity. So we sent the participants kits containing stuffed animal parts. And these items were similar to what you'd buy at like the stuffed animal stores at the mall. And we divided the teams up into, into groups who worked together to solve the, the virtual team challenges. And as each team succeeded, they opened up their boxes to build the bear. So each one of them got at their home office a, a, a box that had everything that they needed, and they had to wait until they completed the challenge to open it. The, so the boxes contained a shipping label addressed to the local children's charity. So <clears throat> the event went so well that one of the leaders hired us to do an event for his group in California. This time, he wanted, he wanted the delivery in person. However, about 10 people of his team worked remotely, 
And he didn't want to exclude, you know, that part of the group. So we just organized a second instructor to lead the online activity. And each group would would be doing something similar games and challenges. However, one group would play games geared toward face-to-face meetings. The other group would play virtual games. So in order to kind of pull that off, we had to do things a little bit more creatively. You know, we had to have a person in the meeting with the the big group. And then we also had had to have somebody else on the on the Zoom meeting leading the, the virtual group. But basically all we did was we just had the person who was leading the big group in 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 person kind of log in on his phone at the very beginning and do the quick intro to the whole group and then turn it over to the the virtual meeting person to kind of lead the rest of it. So basically both groups got something really, really similar that was more geared toward the type of delivery that they were experiencing. And that's one of the reasons why we kind of go back to that very, very first tip that I gave you, you know, 20 minutes or so ago, which is if at all possible, you really want to make sure that everybody's kind of logging in the same way or coming to the meeting the same way, either everybody in person or everybody virtual. But if you have some people in each way, well, you can always get creative and and make sure that they have a, something similar for each, but it's probably not going to be exact. So I guess the main thing to kind of keep in mind is that virtual meetings, you know, have their own little tips and tricks and in-person meetings have their own little tips and tricks. And if you happen to have both types of people in your audience, then you probably want to do things slightly different. Some of these tips can be very helpful. All right. So thanks a lot for being a part of Fearless Presentations. We'll see you next week. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.